Welcome to the Not Old Better Show on radio and podcast. I'm Paul Vogelzang, and today's show is brought to you by Happy. Healthcare and health news are among the most popular topics for our Not Old Better Show audience. Science Daily and the National Institutes of Health now report that nearly half of all older adults now die with a diagnosis of dementia and Alzheimer's listed on their medical record, which is up from 36% two decades ago. But that sharp rise may have more to do with better public awareness on those conditions. The subject of our show today is dementia and Alzheimer's research to help you with better awareness, diagnosis, and better understanding of cognitive decline. Our science and healthcare interview series guest today is Dr. Deborah Barnes. Deborah Barnes, PhD, believes that the improvements in physical and cognitive function will have longer-term benefits such as fewer falls, emergency visits, and hospitalizations, and could also delay long-term care placement. So that's absolutely true. And in addition to improving things like hospitalizations or reducing hospitalizations, our data suggests that the program can really benefit quality of life in people living with dementia, um, which I think is probably the, one of the most important outcomes. Dr. Barnes will tell us today about the latest cognitive decline research, including what's going on with Alzheimer's and dementia, the potential protective effects of physical activity, as well as dementia risks and other findings. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show on radio and podcast, Dr. Deborah Barnes. Dr. Deborah Barnes, welcome to the Not Old Better Show on radio and podcast. Let's just start right at the very beginning. Tell us how you got into Alzheimer's research and specifically, what have you learned about that subject, about cognitive decline? Because of my background in public health, I learned that we're expecting the number of people who are living with Alzheimer's and dementia to increase dramatically uh, by the year 2050. So there's more than 6 million people in the United States today living with dementia, and that will more than double to 13 million over the next 30 years. Um, And the cost of caring for these people is also going to increase really dramatically. So uh, right now we spend about $321 billion dollars. Um, and that will increase to more than one trillion by 2050. Um, and so there's going to be a huge public health impact. And right now the medications don't really work very well. Um, and they often have negative side effects. A lot of people discontinue the medications because of the side effects. Um, so my interest in Alzheimer's really came from realizing that a lot of people were going to be affected and that we need new strategies to help people reduce their risks of developing dementia and also for people who do develop Alzheimer's and dementia to manage their symptoms and help them maximize their quality of life. Thank you for that. That's that's very helpful. So let's let's talk a little bit about prescription drugs because it doesn't sound like they really are the answer. And I wonder if you'd tell us maybe about the current state of Alzheimer's research. What does it indicate about the, the disease? Are we closer to a cure? Can I, can I use that word? And, and do we understand how to, how to actually do that? Those are all really great questions. And um, there's several different classes of medications that are approved right now. Um, so the first two classes are called cholinesterase inhibitors and then another drug called memantine. And, um, and they can help with some symptoms in some people. 
Um, but on balance, the effects are pretty small. So a lot of people don't really notice any benefit at all. Um, and those drugs also don't really change the course of the disease. They just help address some of the cognitive symptoms. And as I mentioned, they're often stopped due to side effects. Um, there was another drug approved recently, um, aducanumab. And um, that one is actually really controversial uh, because the the clinical evidence that it has any benefit was very, very small. And uh, actually the scientific advisors to the FDA recommended that they not approve it. Um, in addition, many patients who take it have pretty serious side effects. So there's a brain swelling side effect that happens in a, a good chunk of people who take it. And it's also really expensive. So for all of those reasons, it was a, it was a controversial drug um, to be approved. And, and there again, there's not, it, it, it might address the un, some of the underlying cause, but that hasn't really been proven yet. So the, the drug landscape is pretty grim, unfortunately. Uh, we've been trying really hard, but um, we haven't found that magic bullet or cure yet. Um, you know, there's lots of people working on it. Um, but I think it's it's still a ways off. You talk a little bit about quality of life, and you you referenced that during during our introduction. Tell us about some of the research that you're doing into um, the quality of life issues, both for those suffering and then for caregivers too. Absolutely. So, I I like to say living with rather than suffering with. Um, okay. Good. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, just because. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are really fearful of Alzheimer's disease and dementia. Um, a lot of people have personal experiences with it. And, you know, there is a progressive decline in cognitive function um, that, you know, it's it's hard. It's hard for a lot of people. So I don't want to trivialize that at all. Um, but it's important to remember that people living with memory loss and Alzheimer's can still have a good quality of life. And so there's all kinds of things that they can still do. They can still experience feelings of joy and happiness until very late in the disease. They still feel connected to other people. Um, and it turns out that their bodies, the muscle memory part of the brain still works. And so if they repeat movement sequences, they can actually still learn new, um, new movements. And that's important to help them maintain independence. Um, and so uh, what our program is designed to do is tap into parts of the brain that still work well in people living with memory loss um, to help them get the most out of their lives. And so part of that is practicing these movements to support daily function um, and also giving them an experience that helps bring out those feelings of joy and happiness and connection with other people. Hi, it's Paul. Hey, wouldn't it be great if you could choose how you feel anytime, anywhere, and it was as easy to do as picking a song on your phone. You could tap a button to feel relaxed when you're stressed. When I heard that a wearable device called Happy, our sponsor today, lets you change how you feel, I didn't believe it. So Gretchen and I had to try it. The Happy wearable works by delivering signals to give you the same sensations as caffeine and melatonin without any of those chemicals or side effects. Think of these signals like you would a song 
only your body can hear. They're made by Happy to replicate the unique magnetic signatures of popular everyday ingredients. Just by switching the signal on your phone, you can change how you feel. I love using signals to boost my energy, like a little shot of caffeine, or increase my focus when I need to crank out some work. They even have signals for getting deeper, more restful sleep. I use it while I'm at my desk working and it's been amazing and it elevates my performance. It it really does this. And Gretchen uses it too for relaxation. And well, I'll let her tell it to you. When Paul handed me the happy device, I have to admit I was skeptical. Like most women, I have issues with sleep, focus, and memory. It starts with mom brain, a product of multitasking in conjunction with hormonal shifts. When I tried the happy device, I was shocked at the difference it made. These three areas, sleep, focus, and memory, were significantly improved. And the happy device is a much healthier alternative to caffeine or melatonin or other stimulants and depressives you wind up taking to try and combat these issues. I'm completely sold on this device, and I can't go anywhere without it. Happy is backed by decades of research, plus it has a 365-day guarantee. You can try it for a whole year. Check out our website for a picture of this cool new wearable. But give Happy a try, and you're going to love it as much as I do. Order today, and you'll save 25% and get 30 days free access to all their Happy Signals. Take advantage of their 365-day guarantee today. Go to happy.com slash not old better. That's happy, H-A-P-B-E-E.com slash not old better to save 25% on your order. Happy.com slash not old better. All this will be in our show notes today. Thanks, everybody. We're with Dr. Deborah Barnes. Dr. Barnes is a professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences and epidemiology and biostatistics at the University of California at San Francisco. Dr. Barnes is joining us today to talk a little bit about cognitive decline as well as dementia, uh, Alzheimer's. All of these things do um, end up lumping together, I think, in, in, in a lot of people's minds. We, we, we talk a lot about these subjects. We also talk an awful lot here on our show about exercise Our audience is always eager to learn more about all of this, Dr. Barnes. I wonder if you'd talk a little bit more about your research, particularly into the combination of this idea of physical and cognitive function that includes exercise. I found this great, in my research of you, I found this really great program. I think it's pronounced PLIE, Preventing Loss of Independence Through Exercise, and how exercise can help those that are living uh, with Alzheimer's and their caregivers. Yes, so you pronounced it correctly. It is plie. And yeah, plie <laughs> yeah, is a really, so we developed plie as an in-person program for people living with dementia. And it was designed as this integrative program that combines movements to support daily function um, with mindful body awareness exercises. So um, just getting people to kind of notice their bodies in the present moment, which can be very um, grounding for somebody who has um, has dementia because their you know their minds are always you know or maybe kind of in the past or the you know worrying about the future and bringing people into their bodies in the present moment can just have a very calming effect. Um, 
So we use that mindful body awareness, and then um, it's an, that is an in-person program. So there's also a lot of interactive movements. People sit in a circle, um, and uh, there's also a, a gratitude component where at the end people kind of just share what what makes them feel grateful or happy. Um, and so we studied the in-person program. We did some initial research suggesting that um, the benefits, you know, appeared to be better than the typical drugs for Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, and then people were also reporting these, you know, pretty profound benefits in terms of their physical function and their social feelings of social connectedness. Um, and so the program that we're studying now is basically taking that program, PLIA, and putting it online. Um, so the Moving Together program that has been developed and is being tested by Together Senior Health is an online version of PLIA. Um, and what we're seeing is that, um, and we actually started developing it before COVID. It just turned out to be, um, you know, something that was obviously even more impactful, I think, during COVID. Um, or because of COVID, um, but it basically takes all of the same elements of PLA, so the mindful uh, body awareness movements and the movements to support daily function and the social components um, and the, um, you know, thinking about things that make you feel grateful or happy. Um, and it, it puts them online. And what we're seeing is that people are telling us that they're, you know, again, experiencing these really profound benefits. People are saying things like they feel more like a family after participating in this online program with other people in the, in the same boat. And so you mentioned uh, Together Senior Health is, is the only component of this an online program or does the in-person program get wrapped up into that you too? Know, unfortunately, it's been really hard to continue the in-person program because of COVID. Um, mm -hmm. And so we've really switched yeah. to an online model. Mm -hmm. Especially to get it out to more people, it's just hard to find, you know, space and instructors, and it's um, it's all it's just a lot easier to kind of get it out to more people when it's um, when it's online. In addition to online, how how has COVID impacted people with dementia? COVID was really devastating for people with dementia, even more than um, than the rest of the country. So. Um, I just actually saw an article today that came out in JAMA Neurology finding that the death rate was much higher in people living with dementia than those without. So even in nursing homes, people with dementia in nursing homes were more likely to die than people without dementia in nursing homes. Um, and so, um, you know, it had an effect on, on mortality. Um, and then I just heard so many stories about social isolation, you know, just really watching people go downhill. Um, and you can imagine for somebody with dementia, they don't understand why they're being isolated. They don't understand why somebody is telling them to wear a mask. And, um, and that, so that just makes everything harder. The fact that you can't, you know, you can't really explain something to, to someone who's living with dementia and, and have them remember it. They might remember it for a second, but then, you know, 10 minutes later, they might have forgotten. Um, and so the, the iso between the isolation and um, I, I just heard a lot of devastating stories about, about people who just kind of withdrew. And I think that um, impacted the mortality rate. Yeah. I think even post COVID social isolation is just, you know, 
continuing. And and I, I, I wonder if we could get your thoughts on how, how do we address social isolation you know, amongst this population, those of us who are kind of suffering or or living with these conditions of cognitive decline, and allow people to have some independence and and some home centered care, some home centered living, because I think that brings with it not just familiarity, but maybe just some some joy in their lives. My own mother is an example. She's ninety two. She lives in our family home and. She just really loves living there. That's where she wants to be. And a lot of people are like that. They want to stay home as much as possible. Mm-hmm. That That is, you know, they want to be in a familiar place with their familiar surroundings. Um, and so to address social isolation, I think, you know, what, what you described to me of, you know, family members when they can visiting you know, more often, as often as you can, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is really important. And um, to the extent that people can find other outlets to socially engage, it you know, kind of depends on where you're living. And um, you're always, of course, trying to balance safety with um, getting together with people, right, in, in the COVID times. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But there's lots of, you know, there are online ways for people to connect with each other. Um, my mother-in-law has a very active um, canasta group, and so they get together twice a week to play canasta, <laughs> to play cards. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Get, so, yeah. Bridge. Absolutely. Bridge, um, bingo, uh-huh. you know, you just keep, you keep it fun mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. light, but those kinds of social things are, um, can be really beneficial. We actually took my, um, my mother-in-law to see a Giants baseball game last night and she was just thrilled. Hey, <laughs> did they win? I don't know. Sadly, I can't tell you. They did not win <laughs> oh, dang. Who did they play? Not the Dodgers. No, I they were playing the, the Padres. And we actually had um, okay. there's another part of our family. Our, um, my nieces were in town and they're from San Diego. So yeah. <laughs> we had a little uh. family rivalry going. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's a beautiful park. It's a beautiful, beautiful place to play baseball. So that's that's worth it just by going there. And how, how nice to get to get her out and to get her with family. That that's wonderful. I, I'm so happy to hear that for all of you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Also, in my research of you, uh, Dr. Barnes, I learned that you're working on what's called Brain Health Together, a live streaming group based digital program. That's got a great name to it. I, I wonder if you tell us a little bit about it and what you hope to learn um, to help us understand the future of cognitive decline, dementia, and Alzheimer's, both for those that are uh, living with this condition and then their caregivers. Absolutely. I'm really excited about this new project that we're starting, the Brain Health Together project. Um, so what this comes out of is um, some estimates that I did with, some, with my colleagues uh, a little more than 10 years ago now. Um, in which we we did a thought experiment where we said we know that there are some you know risk factors for dementia like physical inactivity and smoking and social isolation those those are all risk factors for developing dementia you know what if we could get rid of those risk factors what if we could get people to change their behavior and so that everyone in society exercised the way they were supposed to. And, um, and basically what we found with those estimates that is that if we could eliminate all those modifiable risk factors, uh, we would prevent one in three cases of dementia from occurring. 
because people would lower their risk. Wow. Um, yeah, it was, so it was very, it got a lot of attention. It, it continues to, that work continues to kind of inform policy around the world around, um, uh, addressing because we don't have any medications right now, then the, you know, uh, the next step or the next, uh, goal is to prevent by, by addressing these modifiable risk factors. So there's been a lot more emphasis on that lately. Um, and so we actually did a, another study where we, um, we looked at the, the PLEA program and people with mild cognitive impairment. So they didn't, they were, didn't have dementia, but they had mild cognitive impairment. And, um, and what we found was while they were doing the movements, they started making other changes to their lives. Um, so one person with hypertension, the breathing exercises really helped him uh, get his blood pressure under control. And another person with diabetes said, um, you know, she was just paying more attention to managing her diabetes. Um, so that gave us this idea of, of combining the moving together online program with health coaching to reduce dementia risk factors. So to help people address their modifiable risk factors. Um, so that's what Brain Health Together is. Um, and we're developing the program right now. We, we're working with a health coach to, um, to help us develop the program. And then we'll be testing it in the next couple of years. Congratulations. And, and congratulations for all, all your work. We've been, of course, with Dr. Deborah Barnes. Dr. Barnes is an internationally recognized expert in epidemiology of cognitive impairment and dementia in older adults, just ideally suited for our Not Old Better show audience. Dr. Barnes, thank you again for your time. Congratulations on all of your work. Uh, we would love to follow you and talk to you again and, and follow up as you learn more about this subject because I know our audience will be interested. And uh, I'll just uh, take this moment to invite you back at some point, and, and uh, that'll be on me to stay in touch. But but I'll do that, and we'll root for the Giants together too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to come on anytime, Paul. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Uh, I just agree 100%. Thank you so much, Dr. Barnes. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today on the Not Old Better Show on radio and podcast. Thank you as well to Happy for sponsoring today's show. Please support our sponsors. To learn more about Happy and their remarkable wearable technology, please check out our show notes today. Thank you, our wonderful Not Old Better Show audience on radio and podcast. Please go to notold-better.com for more great shows and all our archives. Have a great week. Be well, stay safe, and let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.